0: manipulate the price of gold and silver but all that money printing that they've done has flowed into the only non-manipulated currency in the world and that is
1: bitcoin. I think this is totally different. No. No different. Only
0: different in your mind. You must unlearn what you have learned. Alright, I'll give you a try. No. Try not. Do. Or oh, do not. There is no try. Once in a while you can show the strangest of
1: places you look at it right. Bitcoin changes absolutely everything What's
0: in there Only what you take with you Hi Francisco thanks for making the time and yeah welcome to the show How about you give the audience a bit of a background about yourself
1: Yeah, for sure. Okay, so my name is Francesco, and uh, I have a YouTube channel and a podcast, both named Money Deluxe. My background is, to keep it short and talk mostly about uh, the Bitcoin part, is that uh, a couple of years ago, I get into crypto first, okay, and as most people that I'm actually uh, meeting here in El Salvador... uh, it's kind of a common trend to get burned with crypto, with the DeFi, with uh, <laughs> uh, yielding coins and staking and all these things to then get to be into Bitcoin and understand why Bitcoin is important. Yep. So that's pretty much how I started in crypto, you know, with uh, YouTube videos. And then I started doing my passive income and then I got burned on Celsius and then I moved to El Salvador pretty much at the same same time and then I learned more and more about Bitcoin and that's the short version about my uh,
0: Bitcoin journey Right, and around which year was it that you came across crypto? Uh, It was uh,
1: 2021 or 2020 actually Yeah, and uh, you know I was watching these shows like Coin Bureau uh digital asset news uh mainly these two shows
0: yeah yeah Uh, and what is the intention like at that point it's like i I think like most people that come like in like it's mainly come here there's obviously like oh we can't leave our money in the bank because it's going to lose its value so we need to seek some alternate investments so mainly come like to put it bluntly come for number go up technology right like everyone has to come to see their money increase in value or their investments increase in value right
1: yes, that was the exactly draw
0: that yeah. yeah yeah
1: when i learned about inflation which was uh, around uh, 2020 because i started learning investing and then i started realizing that uh, the value of the money keeps uh, going down and i don't know why but then I, I went down the rabbit hole of you know austrian economics uh uh a little bit of milton friedman and uh all these topics to learn how the system actual, actually works, you know, the central banking and how they uh, control our money and the value of our money that by reflection is the value of our life, you know, because if you think about it, the things yeah. that was more shocking for me is to think this, we spend time and energy and resources to accumulate money, you know, to then use in society to support our lifestyle. But if there is a central entity that arbitrarily can uh, lower the value of the money that we are saving, it means that pretty much they are eating up our time, they're eating up our life. Uh, mm. So when I learned that uh, uh, philosophically, when I made that connection, I was a little bit under shock. And then that's how I started learning about uh, investing to keep up with inflation. And then from there, I got into, oh, in crypto, you can make passive income. And then mm. I also woke up about that later <laughs> recently.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but when you say like, how about you can elaborate on like, how does the how does our energy or our savings get robbed, right? Like, how how does that happen? And like, and why does that happen? And people don't seem to see that, right? Like, people are so caught up with the next uh, sporting event or the new Netflix show, right? Like, and they don't realize, like, what's happening to their savings and money.
1: Yeah, this is actually a topic that is very emotional for me because I see my family and friends, you know, with their saving and scared about Bitcoin or even investing. If you don't want to get into Bitcoin right off the bat, I understand can be confusing. But it's, it's sad to see friends and family that have their money, their savings, and they don't understand that leaving the money in the bank once, they're always a risk because they don't own the money. The banks own their money and their bank accounts can be frozen for any uh, reason and second if that money is not working is not growing value in an investment or in some sort of asset then they're literally working more becoming more skilled at their job but they're earning less okay and the connection that i make the the way that i try uh, to make people understand is that if you spend your life, if you spend the most important resource that you have, you know, or one of the most important, uh, your time, okay, mm. learning a skill and then having a job and then using that job to be productive in society and at the same time being productive makes you uh, rewards you in society, okay. So you save the money, but then there is a government or a central bank that, because they can print more money they lower the value of all the other money that is in circulation. So the value of the currency keeps going down. So you still see in your bank account $1,000, $100,000 or euros, wherever you are, but the purchasing power is going down. So you're not going to buy $100,000 worth of goods and services in the society, but next year you will buy 90000 even if the mm. nominal value of the money is $100,000, you are actually buying 90000 So you are putting your life energy and your time into creating your savings for yourself or for your family. Even in, if you have kids, it makes me even more sad thinking about yep. this. You know. But because the government needs to fix the problems that they create, they print more money. Mm. So what happened is that the people on top once they print their money, they get them uh, before everybody else. And by the time that all this uh, new currency is created and trickles down to society, inflation starts kicking in. So the people at the top, they don't really suffer by inflation. First, because they got this money first. And second, because they keep printing their own money. So it doesn't matter to them if things get more expensive. But then when it gets to us at the bottom, we see the results of these policies which is that prices are crazy. And there is also this misconception that, oh, wages will go up, will uh, match, uh, or uh, will grow uh, together with inflation. And then if you look at the history, that is actually not true. And that doesn't happen. (laughs) And also because a lot of people, that's something that I try to teach my friends. Go to your employee and tell them, hey, this is the inflation rate today. So to keep earning the same amount of money, I need you to give me a raise that much. So technically, they are not asking for a raise. They are asking to be paid the same. Yes. But of course, it's not easy for people to go and ask for a raise, even if, in fact, it's not actually a raise. And so people suck it up, you Mm. know, and Mm. they figure out a way to to work more, work harder, find two, three jobs. And then some people start gambling you know yep. they get into the crypto casino the nft casino and as long as the fed any central bank decide to keep printing mm. the music is on and things the value of things magically keep going up yeah. but when then the fed decide oh you know what party's over <laughs> like mm-hmm. what is happening now we need to tighten our policies everything crashes and people are just wrecked
0: yes 100% yeah two things like uh. One thing is, uh, firstly, the inflation rates, the numbers, that's also given by uh, loving governments, right? So so we don't even know whether it's like the right number, right? Like, so we don't even know whether if I, okay, today, if I go to my employee and I say, I need to match, you need to match 7%, even if they do match, we don't know if it is still the same. Right? Exactly. Like, Th- yeah.
1: That is a very good point. So there is a website, uh, shadowstats.com, and mm-hmm. what they do, they measure the inflation rate but they use the past uh cpi metrics so what happened is that with mm. time the government uh have been changing the, the metrics to try to keep this number low as much as possible yes <laughs> you know so if you take the 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 old way of the Fed and the government to measure the CPI you see that it's about two to and a half times higher than what actually is today.
0: Wow. And that is just
1: manipulating the number,
0: you know? Yes. Yes. For instance,
1: in the United States, real estate and rentals are extremely expensive. Where I was in Florida, for instance. Mm -hmm. And to measure the the increase or the inflation in the real estate, uh, they don't use the actual number of the market. They use something that I, I don't remember how it's called, but pretty much what they do, they go, someone with a piece of paper and a pen goes and knocks on doors and says, hey, how much do you think you could rent your house for? And of course, people that own their houses and they have no idea about the rental market because maybe they're in their 40s, 50s and they've been yeah. owned this house for um, decades. They give a number that is always much lower than what is the actual uh, rental market.
0: Mm. So
1: these numbers are manipulated and we are literally using archaic techniques uh, to measure these numbers. Now... Do they do it because they don't have the technology to actually figure out what are the real prices of everything? I don't think so because everything is tracked online. We have yes. data points about everything in society, so of course they do it because it's convenient for them.
0: Mm. Yep. To just yeah, hundred percent. And another thing that you touched upon was like people go out gambling, right? Like just in from my own experience, like uh recently, like uh, I come across so many people that like. know they're not thinking about like they don't bother thinking oh the government is taking care of us and they'll manage they'll keep up our wage rate and blah 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 and they see that they are not gonna like they 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 have this thing where like oh okay what i was trying to get like in just recently like i came across so many people that they think okay we'll just buy a lottery ticket and then maybe we'll be able to retire right like and like it's not just like one or two people that i came across like multiple people are now there's a new 160 million. I'm just going to buy this lottery ticket and and my life's going to be set right. Like and instead of that, like yeah,
1: yeah. This is very sad. This is the fiat system that destroys mm. the hope of people and that pushes people in doing things that are more and more risky to keep up with life. This is there is the book from uh what's his name Safadin Amos Amos uh the Bitcoin mm-hmm. Standard and. Yep. He explains very clearly, he makes a very good case on how fake money, how central banking, how the the fiat currency that can be manipulated is destroying people's lives. Yes. So that's definitely a a great read to understand uh, what happens. And psychologically... As you said, I mean, and to be honest, I was that person too. Oh, okay, let me buy this and let me buy that because it's gonna go to the moon. So I can <laughs> take care of my family, I can keep up with inflation, I I can retire at some point and not yep. be <laughs> working yeah. for eighty years, you know. Yeah. So I'm not judging these people. I get it's a journey, you know. Well, eventually we will all get the same answer because it's one answer and it's Bitcoin. Yeah. But everybody is on his own
0: journey. Yes, 100%. And I think Dean makes a case as well, right? Like historically, the population has converged onto one asset as money, right? Mm-hmm. Like everyone will converge yes. to one, like there could be multiple uh, things that are used as money, but like, and especially now, like in a global system, like the world would converge on one asset, which would be money. And there could only be one like uh, asset, I guess, as money. But in saying all this like Francisco what is your background like so where are you coming from like and how did you get into all of this so what is your professional background if you can like highlight some of it? So yeah um, in my life I've always been a little bit of a a rebel
1: and I've always been not happy with the status quo and I've always been like confused about what to do. So I've I've done many jobs i've tried different things from dog trainer to photographer from uh photo editor to real estate agent so what brought me to to uh, to crypto and to un- to understanding and studying all this was was bitcoin before that i had no idea about all this i was like everybody else in society that has no clue about central banking inflation uh, Austrian economics uh, and uh, how everything is interconnected in politics and geo geopolitics Bitcoin is that uh, the, the the rabbit hole that once you start digging and digging and studying more it will kind of put everything together you know has uh, Max Kaiser says uh, you don't change Bitcoin but Bitcoin changes you and that's that that is true that is right yes. and every day I'm learning and I'm still learning things and I get amazed every time. Oh, wow, this makes so much sense. Wow, Why, why Bitcoin will help us or fix the problem. Mm. So, yeah, I haven't really studied economics before uh, Bitcoin for sure.
0: Okay, yeah. And so in saying that now that you've gone down the Bitcoin rabbit hole and like coming out like, yeah, you obviously have... I'm guessing you've gotten burnt with crypto and like and like with most people do and like uh with most people in that that's part of the journey I guess to come like yep. to con- come on to build the Bitcoin standard if you may but uh, uh so yeah sorry the question like slipped my mind it's but okay. like, yeah but what I was trying to get get at was you uh, yeah so, you started now Money Delix, right? Like, you started your mm-hmm. podcast and YouTube show Money Delix. So, what's the idea behind this? And, like, yeah, where does the name come from? And what do you try? Like, what is the, like,
1: yeah. Okay. It's a very good question. So, okay. Let's start from the name. Yeah. The name comes from two things that when I learn about, about them, uh, they changed my life. One was money. Mm-hmm. Meaning I st- when I started understanding how money works and what money is in society as a, a social technology to ex- exchange good and service, uh, services in a complex society, yep. uh, everything changed for me. So I started thinking and working and investing very differently. And the mm-hmm. other thing that I discovered that changed my life was uh, psychedelics or plant medicines. And that there is another thing that helped me a lot. <laughs> in my life right. and that came because uh, once i was watching an interview of tim ferris mm. and he said that every billionaire every ultra successful person that he interview or like 99.9 percent of them they all do uh, psychedelics uh, on a regular basis and then I right. went to that uh, rabbit hole, and I learned that pretty much everything that we have in society, as a philosophy or a technology, come from someone that was doing a psychedelic on one form or another. You know, from mm. the Tesla car, from the iPhone, or uh, from Da Vinci to Socrates. So, yes. And and uh, and I thought, mm. okay, then if that's that's enough for me to, if the smartest people in history, the smartest human. <laughs> uh, Oh, no, uh, on on the history of mankind, have done psychedelics, and that brought them to have uh, incredible transformations or discoveries. Maybe I should do it. I should be more open-minded, less judgmental, mm. more brave, and do it. So that was one reason.
0: Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah the ve- rabbit hole. Yeah. Around which, like, how long ago was this? Like, how which year? Uh, twenty. 21 not 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 too okay. long
1: ago when when I went yeah. back uh, in Florida yeah it's all very recent uh, I'm yeah. always
0: learning so yeah I mean, and so the channel yeah yeah go you go you go
1: and so that's how I decided to name uh the channel from two things that when I understood them mm. they changed my life when uh, interesting which one was money and one was the psyche and how to yeah. announce it with psychedelics and at the beginning of my channel actually, uh I was talking about uh, uh crypto and passive income okay okay of course and the name of the channel was different at the point
0: yeah uh, of okay. course I
1: when I learned I decided to take down everything I was making you know referrals and all these things but I couldn't do that anymore and it's a terrible feeling you know so yep. I took down all the videos or everything that I don't agree with anymore and it's not because I am um uh, not because I want to hide it, I'm actually very vocal about it. Just because I don't yep. want other people to watch the video and then sign up for that crypto.
0: Right, That's why right. I
1: did it. But I don't yes. hide it. So everybody's going to ask me at some point. I will tell them I did the same mistakes that you're making. Let's talk. <laughs> That's yeah. kind of a common conversation that I have. And and so and then recently, uh, I changed the name of the of, of my YouTube channel to okay. MoneyDex. Yep. and then recently i moved to el salvador and i decided to use the channel to uh document that transition as well
0: nice yeah yeah before yeah before we go to el salvador i want to say so uh, like yeah what came to memory was steve jobs he in his autobiography he said the three most important things that he did in his life was starting apple uh meeting his second wife and doing lst <laughs> so yeah. so. So those are the three most important things that Steve Jobs has done. So when you speak about psychedelics, like uh, what psychedelics, I mean, you can choose not to answer this, but what psychedelics have you experimented with or like think of experimenting with? And yeah. Yeah, we're
1: going to talk about it. So I have only done uh, silo-sabon, yep. which is mushrooms. Yes. And recently in El Salvador, actually, I did an ayahuasca, ayahuasca retreat, which... lovely. I did it with the indigenous people and they yeah. uh they keep it very traditional and they don't like it to they don't like to call them psychedelics that's, yes. that's plant medicine for them so <laughs> I don't mean it disrespectfully it's just to make people understand what that is
0: Yeah, for sure so, sorry yeah no,
1: yeah, no, no that that's uh, that's uh, my experience which has been limited but uh I can tell you that it has changed my life and just to give a a very uh specific thing that happened to me I have been suffering from headache for all my life and headaches that I would bang my door to to the wall because my head was hurting so much. One day, my wife tell me, why in this session, don't you focus on your headaches and try to Mm. fix that? Go with that intention. Yes. And incredibly, I did it. and my headaches, my migraine, my problem went away like 99%. Like in the past, if I go to bed later than 9 p.m., I would wake up with my head in pain. If I didn't have my sleeping routine perfectly perfectly set, I would wake up in pain and my day would be gone. But now it's very different. So...
0: Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. it's,
1: it's an incredible story. It's, yeah, it's still yeah. Ha- so. If someone else would have told me that story to me, I would have not believed it. Hmm. That is so incredible what happened to me.
0: Yeah,
1: and there's other a lot of other things that I was able to heal or improve about myself.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: But of course, a lot of people hear this and may think that is a magic bullet. No, there is a lot of work that needs to be done. There is a lot of intention that goes before yes. and after because you can also do these uh, things recreationally 100%. and it's not this it's not the same it's fun i'm not saying that it cannot be fun but yeah I'm sure yeah, it is and, yeah. and i have nothing against the people doing that i am yep. i'm for freedom it's your body everybody's on his own journey we need to learn but an interesting thing also that i learned recently uh, i think was what i was watching a documentary i think it was mark poland or was his michael poland about- Yes. Michael Paul. It, it makes a good point where governments, why do governments don't want you to, to use these substance, substances? Because these substances, not only they're perfectly safe, mm. okay, it's what they do is they open up your mind, but they also open up your heart. Right. So after you do this session, you feel much more interconnected with nature or with other people. Mm. So, if the government technique is to divide and conquer, yeah. if everybody brings his uh, consciousness to another level of being loving and patient and kind with and understanding with our brothers and sisters, the government won't, won't be able to control us as much. Yes. Their, uh, Psychological operations. Yeah. So it is very interesting. Like people think, oh, the government uh, bans it's drugs.
0: Protecting us.
1: Yes, <laughs> it's protecting us. It's bad for people. No, no. maybe not. you know yeah. no. maybe there's more to that.
0: Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. And 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 compared to like other drugs or narcotics, like uh, psilocybin is something that occurs naturally, right? Like it's just a mushroom that's like, yeah, it comes naturally. Uh, LSD is something that is natural, but it's less a synthetic version of it mostly, but it's actually Mm -hmm. a a fungus. Again, it's another fungus that grows on the wheat crop. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I mean, like I've, when I've experimented was more on the recreational side of it. And then but obviously, uh, even like doing it recreationally, there is an aspect which is like where you go deeper, like you go by yourself and go deeper and like, Mm -hmm. and then like in a later stage of done it more so with an intention right like as you said like but yeah never and like IOSCA has always like come up and like with conversation with different people and that's another extreme I would say like an uh it's more of a ritual right like it's more of a ceremony a ritual that goes on for a while and like there's a and there's a group aspect to it and it's not something that I think you would do as a like individually and you need a, a guide Say mm-hmm. you need a right set and settings yeah 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 very interesting yeah,
1: yeah. That there's you know there's the right way and the wrong way to do anything and mm. then everybody will feel more comfortable doing something di- differently from somebody else that's normal so yes. for instance ayahuasca retreats that they have here in uh that they do here in el salvador there are different groups that do it and my wife and i we found is a group of indigenous people that does it uh very um what's the word very traditionally traditionally okay
0: yeah mm.
1: yeah and so it can be done in group setting or you can book a private session right. where it's you or your family or up, up to five friends people that mm. are close and yes. uh, i had to do that because i am a person that it's very i don't know maybe introverted or yeah before okay. I, i'm able to relax or to open up uh i need to feel very safe and it's hard for me to do it with uh, a lot of people a lot of strangers sure, so sure. everybody's different but maybe my wife she likes it more on on a group setting, group with setting women, yeah. for instance it depends yeah. you know yes
0: yes yes and uh in speaking of that like what's the i mean like how, how's the government or regulations treating all some of these practices in el salvador like uh...
1: so Yes. What I know is that the the group that uh, we did ayahuasca with as a, a certificate, as a permission, so it, it's legal. It's yep. um, it's protected as an indigenous uh, tradition or ceremony.
0: Sure, sure. Yeah.
1: Even if indigenous people are not treated very well, um, yeah, in most places in Latin America, sadly. Yeah, yeah, yes. But it's a tradition that I think it's
0: important to preserve. Yeah. That the. That's interesting. What reminded me of is like similar to India, right? Like where cannabis or marijuana is is illegal, but for the sadhus or the priest, uh, it's it they are allowed to use it, right? Like there, it's more of a traditional thing, and they are allowed to use it. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah.
1: I think it's the same here. Yeah.
0: Okay, now finally, let's switch gears and like what made you, so So you're originally, like I I remember listening to some of your other interviews with another channel, you've lived quite a bit around Europe, and then you moved to the United States, and then you moved to El Salvador, so can you like speak on that journey and like, yeah. Yes,
1: so I'm from Italy, I was born and raised in Rome i have lived in uh, germany and in norway then i moved to i traveled europe and vacation i visited most europe Uh, i moved to florida eight years ago because of uh, my wife and my daughter Mm and in 2020 2021 we tried to move to europe but we realized that was the worst time possible so we run back to Florida to be free and safe (laughs) from government craziness. And so, yeah, I've also lived in uh, Portugal with my family shortly. Mm -hmm. And, but now I moved to El Salvador from Florida and the decision of moving to El Salvador was because of Bitcoin, of course, and also because the cost of living in Florida is, uh, is going up very quickly and it's very hard to keep up with uh, the price of the rentals in uh in florida and so in el salvador we found the cost of living uh much more affordable for us coming from florida and because our uh, income is all digital we work remotely we can live pretty much where we want we just need an internet connection and so this was two of the reasons why we moved to El Salvador. There are other reasons, like for instance, we didn't want to expose our kids too much to the, the current uh, uh, cultural development in the United States. I don't know how much you <laughs> follow what is going on in the schools or these crazy things that likely in Florida, we were shielded as much as possible, mm-hmm. but we didn't want to take chances and also in our the school that we were sending the kids to, uh, we heard all uh, our stories. So there was one reason to keep the kids away from the a culture that is in decline right now which is the american one yeah and the other reason is because after bitcoin i started following more what's happening in the world and it doesn't look too unlikely that a third world war might begin at some point yeah and thinking a little bit on an extreme side okay play how this will play out what if they start really using nukes well i don't want to yeah. be in the united states so we went south and el salvador was a great spot because the climate is beautiful it's uh, <laughs> always uh, summer beautiful weather is always hot if you wanted to cool down you can go up the volcanoes or the mountain area so it's kind of a paradise at this point El salvador and it's shielded from the craziness that the uh, the western democracy democracies are going
0: through yeah yeah, that's awesome. So so when you first decided to move there, was it like, okay, I'm going to pack my bags and go? Or was it like more of a recce visit on your first time? And
1: So good question, because the first time that we decided to pack everything and move was when we went to Portugal. So we learned from the lesson and we decided, okay, before we move to El Salvador, let's take a vacation there for a week. Let's check it out and let's find out if we feel safe there. Because our biggest concern was... If everybody, if anybody goes online and googles about El Salvador, they will find yes. out about of fake news with gangs and violence and all these things that are uh, that now is a matter of the past. El Salvador now is extremely safe as a country. Okay, mm. so we were uh, worried. At the same time, my wife is from Brazil, and she told me like there are rich people and poor people everywhere in the world, and in South America, rich people are safe, of course. Okay. So. Because otherwise they would flee, they would go to another place. But if they decided to stay, it's because obviously there are areas that are fine. Right. So this this was a line of reasoning that kind of hit my uh, logical mind and made me uh, get brave and decide, okay, let's go and check out El Salvador. Because I also grew up with a stigma of Latin countries, you know? Hmm. There are violent criminality gangs, uh, murder. uh, You know, uh, they steal organs, they drug you, and they get so all these things. So I never wanted to visit uh, Latin countries. Okay, Mm. I'm not the bravest person in that sector of life. (laughs) So my wife made a good point, made a logical point. So I said, okay, let's go and check it out. Initially, we thought, let's see if we can a B plan here. So we will live in Florida, but if things go south we will be able to quickly move to El Salvador and escape the United States Mm
0: -hmm.
1: but actually after we stayed here like the first two or three days between the cost of life and people being nice and life being okay and the food being good and tropical fruit and all the things we decide hey you know what I think we can move to El Salvador you know life is so much cheaper we can relax we can even afford a nanny here so Okay. because i was on schooling and i couldn't do anything i was just spending the day with the kids because of course we didn't want to send them back to school <laughs> public school in the united states <laughs>
0: yeah
1: and uh, and so th- there was many reasons that brought us here and yeah this was our line of reasoning and then what happened actually it's kind of funny we went back to florida okay and okay. we had our rental contract expiring i think in one and a half months or two months
0: mm-hmm.
1: but we were done with florida there was nothing there for us there and we were excited to move here so at the beginning we were waiting because we didn't want to waste the money of the rental but then we look at each other my wife and i and say you know what there's no point in staying here just to save this money we're not happy anymore we want to move on with life yeah let's just sell everything quickly get rid of everything and just let's go to el salvador and we went back to el salvador like in like 20 days
0: <laughs> right.
1: people thought we were crazy yeah yeah <laughs> We move fast
0: yeah yeah that's awesome that's awesome yeah yeah. and i mean yeah life shot like you've got to move fast i guess and like Mm -hmm. the the most scarce resource second to bitcoin is your time right Mm -hmm. yeah
1: Yeah. and uh, here i have learned a lot about bitcoin and once i started using it to make payments Hmm. or to send money to people that work for me yeah and when i recently actually I have started using the Chivo ATMs. Okay. It is crazy. So I can withdraw up to $1,000. It is extremely simple. I go to the ATM. I need to give them my phone number. They send Mm -hmm. me a verification code. Then with my, I'm using the Moon wallet right now. I scan the barcode. I send the Bitcoin to Chivo. Mm -hmm. And in one second, up to $1,000 comes out of the machine.
0: Oh, wow. Yeah.
1: yeah, And the fees are the Bitcoin miners fee. Right. So you can also choose a slower transaction to save on fees. Yeah. And if you use wallets that don't do the RBF or you can slash the RBF, Mm -hmm. uh, you get the money right away. You don't have to wait for the next block of the blockchain to to be mined, something like that.
0: Yeah. yeah. So
1: it's crazy because then I was also withdrawing cash from a uh, typical bank ATM, you know, and I could withdraw on some ATMs $200 and mm. others up to $500 and fees would go from 350 to $7 per withdrawal, you know. So now I can withdraw $1000 paying less than $2 on yes. the blockchain. It is just crazy. And that is, and oh. all I need is a phone number. I don't even there's no kyc. Yeah. Yep. The same way you can buy Bitcoin, you can go at the ATM with cash and buy yeah. Bitcoin.
0: Right. Without okay. KYC. Right. So it's right.
1: yeah, once you start using Bitcoin for daily life and it becomes normal, mm. it's actually crazy not to have it. So if I go back to Florida now and thinking that nobody's using Bitcoin to buy or sell, I i, I feel like uh, it doesn't feel normal anymore. Now yeah, my normal yeah. life is oh I can use Bitcoin. Yes, it, it's just crazy how your your mind uh, changes, changes you know, or your yeah. frame of reference to to uh, to trade in society.
0: Hundred percent, yeah. That's a, that's very interesting. And uh, and how are the how are goods and services priced? Like you know, because the price of Bitcoin is volatile; it's changing. So how are things priced? So, yeah.
1: So on most wallets chivo strike even the moon wallet you can select the the value of bitcoin in dollars so you will exchange sats not the fraction of bitcoin yep but you select the amount in dollars so the wallet okay. does everything now on strike and chivo you can receive bitcoin but the wallet will turn them into dollars
0: dollars right
1: so for people that have businesses here at Salvadorian that they cannot take chances with the volatility, mm-hmm. what they do is most of the time they convert all of them or part of them in dollars for the business. Yeah. And sometimes they keep the Bitcoin if they can save it. Right. But for me, for instance, when I get a payment for something, I get Bitcoin and I don't care. <laughs> so yeah.
0: yeah. Okay. It's yeah. different. Yes, yes, yes. And and like, can so someone that, okay, say someone that's moved to, al salvador plans on visiting there for a holiday can they can they live comfortably totally on bitcoin do they need like can they transact for everything on bitcoin so it's it's definitely possible Mm -hmm. of
1: course in some areas is it's a little bit harder because not 100 percent of businesses accept bitcoin so what happened is that bukele made this law okay of making Bitcoin legal tender. Now, from my understanding, there is a little loophole in the law that is made to help Salvadorian because of course, people in their, in their 50s, they're not gonna learn Bitcoin and Shivo and Bitcoin wallets in a week, yes. a month, or maybe even a year, it's gonna take some time. Mm. So uh, the sad part is that some big businesses used to take advantage of the, that loophole and that right. was a, a political move because they were against uh, Bukele. Sure. But recently I have been, I asked a Walmart, uh, Vid- Vitri, which is like a hardware store. Uh, I I asked many big big stores, big corporations, if they accept Bitcoin. And what they do is they have a special uh, cashier where you can go there and pay in Bitcoin if you want to.
0: Okay. Uh, yeah.
1: So can you leave 100% off of Bitcoin if you want to? Yes. It's not going to be like uh, extremely intuitive depending mm. on where you are. But for instance, today I was in El Tunco and I see more and more uh, shop with a Bitcoin logo outside.
0: Nice, like, yeah.
1: Almost all of them. And also in El Zonte, of course, where there is Bitcoin, it's very easy to, 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 to buy everything in Bitcoin. Mm. So it's definitely possible to live on Bitcoin 100%. And that's actually uh, one of the things that I'm planning on doing. I'm going 100% on the Bitcoin standard. It's taking me some time, but I'm getting there.
0: That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. And so, okay, one thing that you mentioned and uh, yeah, probably touch on it again is you said like the American culture is on a decline. Mm -hmm. And like, what is that that is happening in schools that you are like afraid to put your own kids in like, you know?
1: So I don't know how controversial you want to go on your podcast and I don't know how familiar you are like are you asking because you know what's going on or uh, you uh, want to talk about it or you don't know what's going on because okay. I can give you a, okay
0: uh, yeah you so uh, i'm not sure like 100% maybe of what's sure. going on but my understanding is there's like there's too much of the woke culture I, i'm i'm mm-hmm. guessing is is mm-hmm. that there i've seen aspects where so i think schools in new york are forcing kids no i'm not yeah they are having like you have to have like one day a week is like a vegan lunch uh, uh snack box or whatever so no one's allowed to carry meat products and okay. like yeah there's like various aspects of it but yeah you from your experience and yeah
1: so what is happening in the united states in the school system is as you said is there's a woke culture Uh, plugging the old system, okay, these ideologies. And the thing that was the most uh, scary or worrisome for my wife and I was the sexual education aspect. Okay. So right now they are normalizing or talking about topics with these little kids that... In my opinion, it may be too early to talk to, or okay. you you can find a very weird books on the school libraries. And so let me tell you something interesting. Mm-hmm. A while ago, there was this dad that went to, a, it's a public uh, committee. So there is the school board in front of you and parents can go up and speak about their problem. So they have two yep. minutes to explain their problem. So this dad brings one of the book from the library. Okay. And he wanted to start reading that book. <laughs> but of course, it was blocked. He cannot okay. read the book because of the content of the sexual and explicit content. Right. So the question is, we cannot talk, we cannot say that between adults, or we cannot put it on TV because this uh, public events, then they are, they go in the media. Yeah. We can have our children read this stuff. Mm. It's a little bit of, uh, uh, what's the word, not being consistent. Yes. Okay. And so you you can go online and find thousands of horror stories about pretty much por- there is pornography in schools.
0: Right, right. Okay. very
1: little children. Okay.
0: Yeah. And when you say very little children, like wh- how early is this? Like uh, what age group you would say? Like as early as so
1: 10 11 10, even, wow. yo- even, even even younger, younger. They,
0: yeah yeah you yeah.
1: can find other scientific studies that says that kids as little as two years old three years old they know what is the real gender or what is their sexuality like wow. seriously <laughs> <laughs> yeah. i don't know about yeah. that I, yeah i try not to talk too much about that but
0: yeah you know sure.
1: common sense has been lost in society Mm. And recently, I have been learning uh, natural laws. I don't know okay. if you ever heard of that topic. And there is this, uh, uh, this guy that gives these seminars, Mark Passio, that is his name. And okay. he has a seminar about that is called the law of attraction and natural law. Okay. okay. And he makes a good case for why common sense has been lost in society. Because things that we are talking right now, that seems obvious to us, Mm. there are people that think that we are being evil or crazy, or we are misogynist or transphobic or all this uh, insult, thinking that they're doing the right thing. So it's kind of mad. If you go back 10 years, 15 years ago, maybe even only five years what would these people think about showing this kind of books or content or these ideologies to kids? Yes. Okay. Mm. We all know how impressionable our kids, like, or even teenagers, like we have been teenagers. How many dumb shit have we done when we were teenagers? And now yeah. we look back and we realize, oh, okay, yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> it
1: was dumb, you know, but yeah, it, it, it's normal. So what's happening is that the woke culture is taking advantage of the young, influenceable minds of the kids. And the school system in the United States or pretty much everywhere in the world is in the hands of the woke left politically. Mm. Same thing is happened in Europe. Uh, is happening in New Zealand, in Australia. The difference yeah. is that in the United States, everything is very loud and is put in your face. It's just yeah. that, the American style.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. Yes, yes, okay. 100%, yeah. And so, so, so currently, like, what do you see an alternative for yourself for your kids is like homeschooling? And because I know like lots of Bitcoiners like go down the path of like homeschooling. Yes, what we
1: are doing actually is different. I am not even homeschooling. What, uh, What I am doing is unschooling. So I don't believe in the schooling system humans we everybody we are all so different to each other that it's not possible that one method of teaching and learning can work for everybody okay Mm. how many people like if you go and ask around to your friends yourself your family how many people did they actually enjoy their school like very little how many people had a good experience in their public school like very little Mm. very little statistically okay that's in my experience so what we do is unschooling. What we do is totally different. I don't think uh, there's any value for kids when they are, I don't know, 5, 10, 11, 12, in learning things uh, like uh, history or uh, geography from from books, you know, all things that are never going to really use in their lives.
0: Sure. Meaning yes.
1: what I want the kids to learn are things that are practical and useful because mm. what I've noticed in my life is that, I haven't really learned much in school. But then when I got interested in these topics, I learned it as an adult, enjoying it in the right way. So what I do is we let them free. We let them decide what they want to do, follow their instinct, follow their Mm -hmm. spirit, follow what their body tells them. Because another thing that people lose in society is to believing in themselves and listening to themselves. So people only listen to peers, people listen to what an authority figures tell them, you know, in the schools there is the teacher. Okay. Let me give you a metaphor. In schools, we are taught that to question the system or to question what we are learned, we need to ask for permission. We need to raise our mm. hands and then ask a question. So we are subconsciously programming children, programming humans to not ask questions but to ask for permission first <laughs> and yeah, right. that's something that i don't like <laughs>
0: okay yeah yeah
1: so i'm taking a very different approach and what i like my kids do for instance today we walk to el tunco
0: mm-hmm.
1: we went down the beach and there is uh el tunco is surf city it's like probably the most famous beach at this point in el salvador where all the surfers go
0: okay right.
1: and there is a little stream of water that comes from the mountain
0: sure
1: and what happened is that you can cross the stream of water, but uh, all the that de- the uh, uh, when it rains here, everything comes down from the city, from the forest, comes down to the beach, and so okay. uh, on, on. Next to this beach, there is all these sticks, and so my kids had an idea. They said, "Hey, let's build a bridge." So. We say 20 minutes extra, even if we had to go back home, because my kids started playing, grabbing sticks and rocks and building a bridge over this little uh, stream of water, okay? So instead of deciding randomly one day, oh, let's learn what is a bridge and now we make it and have them bored because they want to do something else. Their instinct, their intuition tell them, hey, there is a stream of water, daddy has shoes, so he doesn't want to cross it and get wet. Let's build a bridge.
0: Mm.
1: (laughs) That's what they did, okay?
0: Nice. So yeah. that,
1: that's how I'm teaching things to my kids. Or today, my daughter asked me, uh, "What happened to water when?" Oh my God, what was the question? It was super funny. So pretty much, we told her when water evaporates, then it condensates and becomes yeah. clouds. And then she yeah. said, "Oh, let's make a cloud in the house." And then I said, <laughs> you "No, know, that's not how it works. <laughs> but will, I'll show you what happened to water when it, uh, it becomes a uh, gas." You know. So that's yeah. how I'm gonna teach her. And this comes from her wanting to teach and not from me forcing her on her the lesson.
0: Yes. Yep. Yeah.
1: Yep. So I'm kind of reversing the education. It's, it's gonna be mm-hmm. her learning and taking out information from the environment, from nature, from her parents. Yep. Then the society forcing on her information that at this point I consider either false or useless.
0: Hundred I mean, al- yes. percent. Unless
1: you become an engineer, when are you going to use equation in your life?
0: Mm. <laughs> you know,
1: <laughs> that, that's the point. No, and it's not that it's not important to learn mathematics for other reasons. I I think mathematics is beautiful and it's incredibly interesting. But yeah, who uses practically e- equation on the day to day life? It's like you pretty much need uh, subtraction, addition, multiplication, and division to to run your life. You know, unless you do a specific job.
0: Right. Mm, mm, yeah, 100%. Yes, yeah. <laughs> That's very interesting, yeah. And like, I mean, it's getting, homeschooling is like uh, getting quite popular with Bitcoiners and not only really Bitcoiners, but it's getting quite popular around the world as well. Like, you know, like I was seeing, like there was, a, there was some army officers from India that I also, pl- like uh, I have noticed that they are homeschooling their own kids and like through them, mm-hmm. like other people are coming onto this, uh, coming onto the trend of like homeschooling and and it c- can't see why right? like you know we've been like historically like the people for the last 50 to 100 years they've all been put through the same educational mm-hmm. system for yeah and they yeah. see like oh that's the normal way of how kids are supposed let to be me you,
1: yes, l- l- let me give you yes yeah. let me give you another way of saying this another interesting
0: uh, sure.
1: way of thinking that I have about this okay did Leonardo da Vinci went to school did Michelangelo go to school did Socrates go to school Mm. you know so how come in the past we have all these great minds and artists and uh, philosophers that didn't go to school and reach that level of uh, intellectualism okay yes and now there are seven billion people on the planet. They all go to school and we don't have as many incredibly intelligent or mm. uh, the, what's the word, uh, revolutionary people yeah. as we had for the past of the human history, where there were 100,000, 1 million, 10 million people on the planet.
0: Sure. Yeah. You, you know you know what I'm trying yes. to say? Yes. yes like the yes.
1: ratio of great minds <laughs> is not keeping up with the amount of population that we have on the
0: planet. Mm. <laughs> And when you come to say, like, even in terms of like, like, uh, say, say, Steve Jobs, for example, again, I'll bring him up, but he's a dropout, mm-hmm. like, right, like he had to drop yes. out from the educational system so that he can build something. Like, right. I think that goes for Bill Gates as well. Not a big fan of him, but like, he had to drop mm-hmm. out from the yep. uh, educational system and then he could build something else, right? Like, cause, yeah, there's like this structure that keeps you bo- like, yeah. It just doesn't take you anywhere. Like if you really want to, you have to, yeah, I guess. Yeah, that's... if you
1: and also I read the for instance, let's talk about Steve Jobs because I read his biography, and mm. he was he was a mess in school. Like yes. he was not made to stay in a classroom, even Einstein,
0: for yeah. instance, you yeah. know,
1: and people would tell them, Oh, you're not gonna do anything in your life.
0: Mm. Yes. <laughs> right.
1: So if I put my kids in a classroom, they're either gonna go crazy, they're gonna start being ashamed by their teacher because they cannot quote unquote behave, Mm. you know, and they're going to lose their, their curiosity, their natural instinct that we have of learning because we start learning when we get out of school because we get interested in things uh, and we want to naturally learn things. So I feel like public school system kills the curiosity and the ambition of the kids. It kind of makes everybody uniformed. And I don't like that for my kids. I hated school when I was going to school. Yeah. I wish if I was that I would have been raised in a very different way. And plus, there is another uh, data point that is very interesting. Most people will meet violence in their life, you know, where?
0: In school. school. Yep.
1: Isn't that crazy?
0: Yes. Yes.
1: <laughs> if you think about it, once we get out of school. You know, unless you live, of course, in a dangerous area in the world, it'll be pretty much fine.
0: Mm.
1: But most people get exposed to violence in school.
0: Yes. For sure. So
1: now I'm not saying that old schools are bad and then teachers mm. are bad. That's not what I'm saying. It's the system that is wrong. Like, yeah. uh, I have the little dream here of putting together my uh, homeschooling, unschooling, parenting group. And started here in El Salvador, okay? But of course, there's going to be different values and different things that the group is going to do. So I'm not against the concept of uh, teaching kids and putting them together, but I'm against the system that has standardized standardized, uh, the human brain. And we are also incredibly different.
0: Yep, yep, 100%, yeah. And, yeah, I mean... And again, to switch gears now, if someone wants to uh, come visit El Salvador or plan on uh, moving there, like Mm -hmm. what avenues can they take and like how can, like, you know, like what makes it easy and like can they reach out to yourself and like speak to you and like, or there's like any other like, and and especially on the visa front and like, you know, like what sort of visa does someone get there? Yeah.
1: Okay, so El Salvador is a very uh, open country at this point.
0: Mm.
1: All you need to do to get into the country is when you land at the airport and they ask you questions, while you're here, you tell them, I'm here for surfing and Bitcoin. And they will greet you, be happy, and let you in. Okay. That's the, that's the magic word, Bitcoin, and you are in the country. Right. Right? Yeah, Bukele is very smart. So at this point, it's, it's also very easy to get a visa to stay here Okay. You can get, for instance, we just got our digital nomad visa, and it was okay. a very easy and simple process. Our lawyer helped us, mm-hmm. and the beautiful thing about the country is that, so when I was in the United States and I had to work with immigration, or when you have to work with the government anytime, they're going to treat you and make you feel like a criminal. Yep. Okay. Here, it's very different. Here, they respect you. They are very welcoming they are overall very nice people and they Mm -hmm. actually treat you well because you are coming here for Bitcoin or Bitcoin education. You're here to improve the country. So it's a very welcoming country at this point, also bureaucratically. Mm -hmm. So that's a very easy part. What most people do is they come here. Usually the visa lasts three months. Okay. At the end of the three months, you can either go out of the country and come back in. Right. Or you can go to the immigration office and extend your visa for another 3 months
0: okay okay Yeah.
1: in the process while you extend your visa you can uh, start working and applying for um for the residency which right. is what okay. we did okay yeah yep. you it's it's very simple it's it's not problematic at all it's very welcoming yep. so it's not like going to the united states good luck getting a <laughs> yeah. some yeah. sort of residency <laughs>
0: right 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 and when you say so your digital nomad visa is your residency is
1: that yes because we yes yeah. there are different kind of residency uh okay. per- permits that you can get and we got this one because it was the fastest one and the cheapest one there was no requirement for us to have a bank account here or anything just okay super simple
0: yep right okay and, and this is lifelong or is it has a
1: so this one lasts us one year okay we can renovate every year. But if I remember well, after two or three years, we can actually get a permanent residency.
0: Right, 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 right. Yeah, Yes. makes sense. And also
1: here, you don't need a bank account, because you can do everything through Bitcoin. Yeah. So I'm actually not planning on opening a bank account in El Salvador. I want to go 100% Bitcoin and use Bitcoin for everything here, even for our future businesses that I'm planning on opening here.
0: That's awesome. Yeah, that's very exciting. And yeah, so coming to the second part of the question, like, uh, how does one go about so as you said, like, they can just come there land there, but like, how's the overall Bitcoin community in El Salvador? And like, if they are looking to like, you know, reach out to someone, can they reach out to yourself? Or there's like, there's another group and like, yeah.
1: Yeah, so there is a lot of education about El Salvador at this point. Mm. There are many channels, and because we are all here, I know all of them. So there is my channel, Delix. There is my wife's channel, Juliana in El Salvador. There is Nick okay. and James in El Salvador, which actually was one of the... They probably are the pioneers here.
0: <laughs> Sorry, who's this? Nick and James in El Salvador. Nick and James in El Salvador. Yeah, okay.
1: It's... And they also have a great story. They would make a great guest. Yeah, they just okay. escaped New Zealand uh, in a week. They they pack and run away because New Zealand also is going crazy, as everybody <laughs> knows.
0: Yeah. Yep.
1: And there is also this couple, uh, Ryan and Jessica. Uh, right. Their YouTube channel name is Two People in Paradise. Okay. They escaped Canada also.
0: <laughs> yeah, right.
1: And also there's uh, my friend channel, David Da Silva Rosa. It's his name. Mm-hmm. and it's also a very good channel uh, uh, to learn about El Salvador. So there is a ton of resources. Then right. there is this website that is uh, escape2elsalvador.org with a lot of blog articles and posts to learn about El Salvador. And also Jeremy that runs the website also can help people with residency or establish a business here, real estate with everything. That's part of his services. Right Now, the Bitcoin community depending on where you are, it gets stronger. Mm. So the closer you are to the beach, to El Tunco and El Zonte, Mm. the stronger is the Bitcoin community. When you go into the city, it's of course, it's less strong. There are Bitcoin businesses Mm -hmm. and there are a lot of shops that accept Bitcoin, but not as much as in El Zonte, of course, Bitcoin Beach and El Tunco. So the last week, actually, I interviewed... Uh, john from mi primer bitcoin my first bitcoin
0: okay okay so
1: what they do is it's actually my favorite project here in el salvador they do bitcoin education for the people and i have learned in the interview that they are growing exponentially they are 20x the students every year Wow! So they, they plan next year to eat twenty thousand students, and they think this trend will keep going this way. Mm. And I am of the belief that in three to five years top, probably not a one hundred percent of people, but probably like most of the people here will know and use Bitcoin. Yes. And this is, <clears throat> and this is in my opinion, because not only. Me, Premier Bitcoin is doing a great job and is growing exponentially. But it's also because, with the time passing and Bitcoin, the name spreading, you know, mm. even by word of mouth, or people getting more time and more interested oh, what is this Bitcoin? And starting to do their own research. At some point, will people get in touch with it and will want to learn about it? Yeah. So, I have no doubt that bitcoin will succeed in this country meaning that most of the country will use bitcoin or Mm. know or understand what bitcoin is well because you can still go around and people are still uh worried about bitcoin there's still a lot of stigma you know we know all the mainstream media propaganda Mm -hmm. against uh, bitcoin yeah unfortunately that has an effect but I'm very optimistic for the country. When I when I show people how powerful is Bitcoin or how I can send the money from my phone to their phone and we don't have to wait for their banks to release the funds,
0: mm-hmm.
1: people really enjoy that part because you need to know that in El Salvador, they had a big problem with uh, money laundering.
0: Right, yes.
1: So whenever you send money to a bank, the bank is going to start asking you a lot of questions yes. and mm. it's going to require you a lot of papers. So. Right. Yeah. So Bitcoin fixes this. Yes. (laughs) But the problem is that we also need to be realistic and understand that a lot of people, especially people that are in their 60s or 70s or farmers, people that live more simply, Mm -hmm. they are not technologically prone enough to learn Bitcoin quickly right yeah but their yep. kids they are learning bitcoin mm-hmm. and yeah they will also learn it in in the school soon because me bitcoin is having more and more programs where they are actually going into high schools and teaching bitcoin mm. and they're expanding like very very fast now they're going also east in two other high schools they're going to work out of two uh city mayor uh, offices or city halls, so they're wow. growing very fast extremely
0: yeah wow. yeah oh that's yeah that's super exciting and yeah at the same time it's like uh the rest of the world needs to catch up right like uh, Elsa. <laughs> yeah and like especially so, yeah sorry you go
1: things in El Salvador are moving fast
0: yeah and
1: you know being a kind of a little bit of an insider here having boots on the ground mm. I cannot say everything that I come across But I can tell you that there are a lot of good news and things are moving in the right direction. And I'm extremely optimistic in El Salvador. Uh, But a lot of things uh, cannot get out yet.
0: Yeah, for sure. Yeah. 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 That's all. But yeah, that's good to know. And like, uh, yeah, like everything's moving fast. At the same time, like personally, I feel like, oh, I need to, as as you said, right? Like, get on the maybe, Get two jobs so that i'm i have a, i have a big enough stack <laughs> in time before the el salvador army is coming and taking all the existing bitcoins <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah Yeah. anyways uh francesco i'm not going to take any more of your time it looks like a nice sunny uh weather outside it's uh yeah you can see the coconut trees in the background there from your window Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so thanks for making the time and hopefully chat soon. And maybe someday I uh, hope to come down there, meet you in person. And yeah,
1: that that would be amazing. Yeah, for yes. sure. Thank you very much for for this conversation. It was it was really fun. I enjoy it. Uh, yeah. Thank you for having me as a guest. I hope I can help people move to El Salvador or at least make them curious. That's why I'm also doing my channel. A lot of people reach out to me on Twitter. Uh, mm. To ask me questions, and I'm trying to help as much as possible. I have to say that it was easier when my channel was very small. Yeah, it's getting harder and harder. Yeah, it it gets hard at some point to keep up with uh, most messages. Yes, but yes, definitely come and check out El Salvador because what I say to people is that the worst thing that can happen is that you might decide to stay.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Anyways, yeah. Thank you thank you mary thanks guys for tuning in and if you enjoyed the show all i ask is that you share it with one other person and i also recommend that you use podcasting 2.0 apps like breeze or fountain fm i'll link them down below this will help you earn bitcoin while you listen and it'll also help support the show once again thanks for tuning in and i'll see you in the next one